Bachelorettes. On this week's episode of our podcast, we're covering episodes three and four of The Bachelorette, and we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot that went on this week and last week, and just in Bachelor Nations, there's so much. How, do, how are we keeping on top of this? I just be prepared for another two hour long episode, folks, because we're going to get into it. Trust me. <laughs> Yes, but I want to start off by saying that I am surprised at some of the people who went home and not surprised by others across both weeks. I just want to preface all of my commentary from there. And surprise is like a real like vague word. Yeah. Like I'm not like surprised, but I'm like surprised. I get it. I get it. I'm surprised too. And I'm a little surprised like there of certain behavior from Michelle, actually. Like there's little things that kind of surprised me. So we'll definitely get into it. So strap in. We're going to break down the first episode now. Not the first episode, the third episode, last week's episode. Yes. So yes. Which I rewatched both of these today, so I'm fresh. Oh, you're fresh. I am not that fresh, but I can read you the first note I have for episode three, which says, Jamie hasn't confessed yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So we're dropping right in at the top of the episode. Michelle's talking about how frustrating it was to have her character called into question. She's having this conversation with Caitlin. And so you quickly realize like the men are talking and the men are like, who told Michelle? Who told Michelle? Yes, we're dropping in at this moment. This very juicy episode. It was really juicy. So men are talking specifically Rodney and Casey's like wondering who spoke to Michelle. So the men still don't know that Jamie was the one and Jamie's not telling anyone like he's just straight up, nope, <laughs> not saying shit. Yeah, he's playing that really close to the vest. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because of what we see in episode four, which is to believe that there's a particular person in the house who definitely knew, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Episode three, we start off with the top gun date. I forget what the date card said. Do you remember what the date card said? Girl, I don't even remember. It was something... I forget. It was like a, it was a reference-ish to Top Gun. I forget. Uh, we're, we're terrible at this, but whatever. Y'all don't come for that. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It was a Top Gun date. And on the day we had LT, Spencer, Clayton, Nate, Peter, Will, Martin, Rick, Joe, and Olu. And obviously we've all seen the promos with the guys walking out in their flight jumpsuits and Michelle pulling up at a plane. It's pretty much exactly what the promo said it was, except for the fact that they added a G-Force machine. And before that, they had like a push-up contest. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, now it's like a G-Force machine where you have to be in this machine and tell Michelle how you feel about yeah. her. Yeah, I thought that was really weird. Like, I was like, okay, like what? But how is this proving anything at all? It's just words yeah. while you're just being able to talk while you're in this machine that's going to make you want to throw up. So... Yeah, I thought it was yeah. kind of dumb. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was really dumb. It was very weird. And mm-hmm. of course, the focus of this date was really Will and Peter's drama because Will was winning competitions versus Peter and Peter did not like that. So you could obviously see the resentment from episode two where Will called Peter narcissist was just continuing to build and continuing to be a problem. Only in Peter's head though. Like Peter's on and yeah. on about Will this and Will that and Will's like, all right, mind my business. <laughs> yeah, and like for Will, it was one and done. It was all over, but Peter was holding on to that shit. Wait, let's go back. In my notes, I have what the date card said. The date card said, I want a man who isn't afraid of the danger zone. 
Oh yeah, Into the Danger yeah. Zone, Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so there's a reference. And oh yeah, on this date, our husbands, our collective husband Jay Ellis is on this date. <laughs> if you don't know Jay Ellis, he's Lawrence from Insecure. Yes, and another this white actor is on the date. I did not write his name down. I, but- I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. <laughs> I don't know who it is either. But yeah, the men get nicknames and call signs. I wrote down a couple. Peter is Doughboy, which Olu was like. Doughboy is usually the name of somebody who's like tough, and Peter's not that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not. Yeah. And then Martin was frosty because he has the yes. tips. What but... was Rick's cost? Rick's cost sign was something about food because he had the head thing on the plate. I forgot. I wrote down Doughboy, Frosty. There was another one. They only called three of them. They only give three of them nicknames. But and like two of them were based on I think what they look like. I forget. But I just remember Doughboy and Frosty. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> all right. But yeah, they do the competition. They do the G-Force machine. I wanted to do this G-Force machine. I thought it was really, I thought the machine was fun. I thought the challenge was dumb. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I would you, love you, to try you, it. You're going to be that shit by yourself, by your fucking self. There's absolutely <laughs> no way I'll get on that shit with you. Not for love, not for money. Elon Musk could tell me, listen, Jen, I will give you $10 million in stock options if you get on this machine for a minute and tell me how much you love me. And I would rather seppuku (laughs) you wouldn't do it if elon musk was literally offering you money hand over fist no (laughs) that's why i'm poor if anybody rich comes up to you and says hey do this for money point them my way i might be able to to pull something off (laughs) you know what i'm gonna do that for both of us i'm gonna point them your way for both of us because listen (laughs) i I don't do heights i don't do the spinny things i don't do roller coasters those are not my vibe so this g-force machine would have been the end of me and it was the end of will because he is severely yeah. motion sick, which yeah. I feel like is why they included this on the date. Will is severely motion sick. And oh he God. did not take his medication. And he still got in the machine and spoke to Michelle. Oh, so here's the joke. So Peter gets in the machine and he's talking to Michelle in Italian, which fine, sure, whatever. Like you're not even actually like from Italy, but sure. And so Will, with his about to vomit self, gets into the machine, is strapped in, and starts speaking in his native language, aka Spanish. And Peter Will is just copying my style. <laughs> and I was like, but Will is actually Latino. Yeah, and bilingual. Okay. And it's okay, Peter, but you're not the only bilingual person on this show. So even if Will was copying him, I'm pretty sure it was just to get under his skin. If he was, which I don't, we don't know. He wasn't. He was. yeah. I don't think he really was. Literally, he was about to hurl. I think he just, <laughs> you know how it's, you just revert back to your native tongue, like the yeah. language you learn first. I think he just yeah. reverted back to Spanish and probably didn't even realize it right away until especially, they were like, ooh, what you saying? Especially if he's motion sick and stuff. I wouldn't mince my words if I'm like deathly motion sick and I needed to talk to somebody. I'll just say whatever the fuck came to mind first. So. I, I believe that Spanish probably just came to mind first. And if it didn't, I totally don't fault him for just trying to get on Peter's nerves. Because Peter, like, last... Oh, wait, no, never mind. We haven't gotten there yet. Anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We're not gotten there yet. So the G-Force machine is a thing, and Will competes in that and wins that. And then what was the third thing? The third thing was, like, a, that balance beam like fight thing right yeah it was like i i wrote battle with cushions i don't know exactly what you call it it's like american gladiator when they have to stand yeah. in the balance beam and they knock each other off with those like 
poles with the two cushions on either. So they have that. I think they they face each other in pairs. The only pair I really paid attention to was Will because they obviously paired him with Peter. They paired Peter and Will together. And Will just completely obliterates him like it's not even yep. a competition. Listen, there's <laughs> another pair. It was embarrassing. You know the other pair that was embarrassing? Clayton and Nate. Clayton bodied Nate. I literally have in my notes, Clayton bodied Nate. Lol. Like, <laughs> batch and it yes. emerges. He is still boring. Which he is. We really have not seen anything, you know, interesting <laughs> from him yet. No, we haven't. We- so Will wins overall on the group date. He wins a custom bomber jacket and a car ride with Michelle, which is cute. So he gets his little jacket or whatever. And everybody is happy except Peter because he's a fucking hater. So then we move on to the cocktails after the date. Yeah. yeah. I, you and know it, what? Yeah. I, I, there's one thing I want to say about the first part. So while the date is occurring in the first part, Martin pulls Michelle aside to ask her how she's feeling about the night before. Oh, yes. Remember, mm-hmm. the night before is when Jamie had told Michelle that her character was being called into question, all that stuff. So she's still pretty fresh from that. And Martin was like, how are you feeling? Just checking in on you. And Michelle seemed to really appreciate it. This is relevant for the rest of the date. So again, now we're in the night portion. And the Peter and Will are not getting along, obviously. No, no they're clearly not getting Like Everybody else is doing their thing. And Peter and Will are just at odds. And it's kind of like, y'all, can y'all just... Especially Peter. Can you just chill? What's your problem? What is your actual problem? So they argue while they're on the couch. Nate, I think Nate, Olu, and Martin. Somebody else. Martin. It's Listen, yeah. I, 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 let me read you my notes exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Will, tell us. <laughs> Will and Peter start fighting in front of the other guys at the cocktail party. Martin is watching this shit like a tennis match and then leaves. Olu leaves. Nate is there trying not to fall asleep. (laughs) Nate is too tired. Nate's just looking at them. There was this moment, there's this really funny moment where the camera slow zooms on Nate and he's just like sitting there in the corner with his drink, like Logie contemplating his life right now. And I was like, Nate, same thing. Because I would have just been there like, what the fuck is my life? Why am I listening to these people argue? Listen, and it's so funny because it's Nate, Martin, and Olu are trapped in this moment because they're arguing across the guys. So none of them could really leave at first. And eventually Martin, fuck this shit. I'm just going to get up and walk out. So Martin walks out. He's sitting in between them. So Martin walks out. And then Olu's like, wait, we can leave? Olu just leaves right after that. <laughs> and Nate's just sitting there so fucking tired. It's like watching this volley back and forth. And he's like, all right, I'm going to head out. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching them with his drink. What in the hell? So that was pretty funny, but they got into it and it was like the dumbest argument I've ever heard. Like they were arguing and then Peter said something like, or Will said something like, oh, shut your mouth. I hate your mouth. And Peter said, you hate my mouth because you wish you had it. And I'm like, this, that doesn't make sense. Like this sounds like something a fifth grader would say, maybe even younger than that. Listen, it was like, maybe me a gay. (laughs) You wish you had my mouth. I was like, what? Why would you say that? It makes no sense. Yeah. And so Will shoots back. Your pizza place isn't even open. To which I'm like, okay, shots fired. Like that's that's a valid dig at somebody. But I hate your mouth. You hate my mouth because you wish you had it. What the fuck is that, sir? Get it. That's not real. That's not real. And so that 
while all this is going on, we find out at back at the, the house slash hotel that Rodney is getting the other one. And I think the, the thing is like, love is about letting go. I think is the name of the card, whatever. So that's happening. And the rest of the guys at the house, including Malik, Malik our Jamaican sensation, are talking mm-hmm. about Rodney getting the date card. And so Malik and his ITM pretty much is Rodney's not competition. Like Ew. he's saying all this shit. And I was just like, oh, Malik, I know you're just being a cocky Jamaican man right now, but that doesn't sit <laughs> right with me. It's disrespectful because Rodney's nothing but nice to y'all motherfuckers. And y'all trying to shade Rodney in your ITMs don't sit right with me. Right. I don't He's like that. So, so I don't like sweet. That. So sweet. So nice. Also, Malik. You're not up in Michelle's face, so <laughs> why are you talking? Right? You didn't manifesting, get the car. manifesting from the fucking couch, like all exactly. these other niggas. Like exactly. chill, chill. Exactly. So back on the date, Martin and Michelle are having a moment. Martin does this really smooth glasses removal when he's kissing Michelle, and I was like, I ain't never done that, and I've been wearing glasses for. I know, years. like my twenty glasses, plus years. I always remember to take my glasses off after. That's why I'm like, oh, it's like you get to the point where your glasses are like hitting and crushing the other person, then you're like, oh shit, let me take my glasses. Never mind, like, I remember to take my glasses off first. I've been, I've been wearing glasses for twenty five years. There's no fucking way that I take my glasses no. off that smooth, even to this day. No. So, so shout out to him for that. And so mm-hmm. there's a moment where. Will is either filming an ITM or he's talking to Michelle. Not sure which one it is. And Peter starts messing with the jacket. Mm-hmm. And so it's mm-hmm. Peter's there, Nate's there, Clayton, a couple other guys are sitting around while Will is Will's away and Peter's messing with his jacket. Mm-hmm. And I think he was talking to Michelle actually. And the guys are just watching Peter mess with his jacket and like laughing it off. And I really mm-hmm. hate that moment. And then <laughs> Peter decides to throw the jacket to the pool which was just what the fuck and it was like jealous much like you're obviously jealous because he picks up the jacket and he says it looks better on me and which no it doesn't and then yeah the men are just my thing is i hate when people touch my belongings so if i see somebody touching somebody else's belongings my first thing would be like did they tell you you can touch it and the man just sat there ha 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 peter's you just being peter and it's like no tell him stop but yeah, yeah he goes it's just it was frustrating so he says the jacket was dirty and he gave it a bath like after he threw it in the pool i'm like Dude, yeah you're so immature and, and then the guys are like chuckling uncomfortably because they don't know what to do or say in this yeah. moment yeah but it's still just also like you let him play with it in the first place so this is right. all your fault and yeah so it's like when he comes back without it that's when nate says is an itm he says um he's taking a couple steps back from peter i'm like okay but you was laughing in his face though yeah right <laughs> so will comes back and notices the jacket is missing and will's like where is the jacket and nate snitches immediately nate is peter took it i don't know what he did with it like he said he threw it away i don't know i don't know <laughs> and oh and yo nate says like peter threw it in the water he says so that's when oh and but then nate also so will is obviously like visibly upset but nate says to sit there and be like his advice is to just sit there and be the bigger man and not say anything but will just walks off pissed because i would be pissed too like i said i hate when people touch my stuff and to like touch somebody's stuff and throw it in the pool and get it wet and your brand new jacket your new brand jacket the new brand listen the new (laughs) jacket and then i think the worst part is that people's response to that moment will is so upset that he starts to cry 
And as someone who can get upset like that, I understand exactly where he's coming from. He's not crying because he's hurt, like his feelings are hurt or he's like emotional or whatever. He's crying because he is so mad and he cannot do anything about it in this moment. Exactly. And so Mm -hmm. Will walks off crying and the guys are just sitting there realizing, oh shit, we fucked up. This mm-hmm. is uncomfortable. And so Peter is like talking to his producers, like really upset, obviously like still crying. And I can relate this back to me because it's what I do. <laughs> I had an incident at a job that I had and a person who was in a position of authority over me threatened me and also spoke to upper management and claimed that I was a danger to the operation What the fuck? while I was working. And so I was put to the sidelines while working. Remember, so I'm working just fine. All of a sudden, this is coming out of nowhere. I cannot speak to upper management because they're taking his word for it. And so literally, I am like rage crying because I'm like, I can't afford to get fired from this job. I can't do this, but I want to kill him, but I probably shouldn't. (laughs) So my point is that when you are that emotional in a situation where you cannot react the way that you would want to react, like a little crying is okay. But the social media response was like, oh, you're crying over a fucking jacket. That's so stupid. And I was like, it's not about the jacket. It has nothing to do. The jacket is just the the thing like it is the disrespect in that moment Mm -hmm. and the fact that everyone sat there and watched it happen and Mm -hmm. that will cannot react to the situation the way he would have genuinely wanted to because Mm -hmm. one of course he doesn't want to ruin michelle's night is michelle is the bachelorette he wants michelle to be happy this is her date and her time with the guys number one number two he can't kill peter on television he'd go to jail but that's like, a, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that he just really wants to hurt this man. Because like he said, he's like, this man's pushing my buttons. And I feel like Peter's probably done things before this jacket yes. to push his buttons. And he couldn't, he was the bigger man and he couldn't do anything about it. And so this really pushed his buttons in that it was done on camera in front of everyone. And he probably just really wants to punch his face in, but he knows he can't because he can't go to jail today. So he has to just suck it up and blow off some steam, some other plot, some other how, and that's through crying. And that's, that's what I got. I was like, wow, this man is so pissed. He really wants to beat this man's ass and he can't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because of course, if he does something, you're going to hear, Oh, this man of color attack the white person Mm -hmm. and so will has that responsibility of also keeping michelle happy portraying himself quote-unquote proper as a good man of color and also just like not embarrassing his family on tv exactly by fighting somebody and beating their ass as as good as it would have felt his family would have probably been like what the fuck so will is a good guy he really did he listened to nate's advice and he was the bigger man. He yeah. walked off. After he walked off, Peter came back. And so this is when the men decide to confront him. Not when he threw the jacket in the pool, but afterwards. They're like, uh, you threw the jacket in the pool? And he was like, yeah, don't get involved. Then he asks if they're dating him or Michelle. Like once once they push it more, they're like, he's, are you dating me or Michelle? I'm like, damn, this man is an asshole. Get him off it. It is, it is a lot. <laughs> Clayton is trying to be like the tough guy in this situation. And I'm mm. like, but Clayton, you didn't say anything. You didn't do right. anything. Like none of, the, none of I think Clayton is one of those people who's like doing the, the bare minimum 
right? Mm-hmm. Like Clayton's idea of rebellion is like not moving over when Peter wanted to sit and saying, dude, that wasn't cool. <laughs> okay. And what? You can't beat my ass, though. He's not going to either. So I literally have in my notes, the men realize he's a fucking asshole. (laughs) Peter. Yeah. So Michelle comes back, gives Martin the rose. Michelle's completely oblivious to everything that's going on because Will hasn't told her anything. Peter hasn't. It looks like Peter hasn't said anything either. So Michelle and Martin sneak off to dance to a string quartet, which I thought was really cute. Yes. But then Will had to fish his jacket. Yes. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. But then Will had to fish his jacket out the pool by himself, which. And that just felt like racism. Yeah. My thing is, if I was on this show, okay, I wouldn't have put my hands on Peter, but I would definitely would have insisted he take my jacket out the fucking pool. Because that's not my problem. You put it there, you take it back out. And so I really think that if the men really were caping for him like that, they should have forced him to go get it. But Or yeah. one of them should have gotten it for exactly. Will so he didn't freaking have to. But I think production had a huge part to play in that. Just putting that Probably. out there. Production Probably. seems to be the thing. But yes, the string quartet between Martin and Michelle, they were string quartet version of Take My Breath Away by Berlin, which is the Top Gun yes. like mm-hmm. soundtrack song. And I was just like, that is gorgeous. Martin and Michelle mm-hmm. do kiss a lot. Like she kissed Martin, she kissed Will, she kissed Clayton, Mm -hmm. she kissed Nate, she kissed Joe. Like she was kissing everybody on that day, which is totally fine. Which I didn't realize, like how like each episode she's kissing, she's she's getting it, she's kissing a lot of it. She's not wasting no mm -hmm. time. I feel like she's She's kissing most of the men that we don't even get to see. I think that's the other thing too, Mm -hmm. especially episode four. We didn't really see her kissing much of anyone, but I feel like it's because she kissed quote unquote too many people. The last week. Mm, she Yeah, she's been kissing quite a few people. But I am not mad at it. These men are fine. Yes, <laughs> they are. Here. So then we go to the one-on-one, which is Rodney's one-on-one. And they have to go in. They have the, they're doing like a truth or dare date, which I am 90% sure these dares were ones that Caitlin and Tasha came up with. So I'm oh. pretty sure Caitlin and Tasha came up with these dares. Absolutely. Absolutely. They abs- especially Caitlin came yeah. up with that one. So remember, it's yes. truth or dare. So there's a lot of truth portion they do in the beginning. And then there's a dare portion. And that's the clip that we see with Rodney running around naked. So the dare yeah. is for someone to be naked running around the lobby while the other <laughs> person yells in the megaphone, this is our moment. Or this is our journey. It was- This it is was, our journey. Yeah, this is our journey. It was really funny. But like the first dare was Rodney had to feed Michelle. Because remember the first episode, Michelle fed Rodney things and he had to guess what they were. And he guessed yes. lasagna for pizza. Like we yes. can never forget. So the first part of the dare, Rodney had to feel Michelle things while she was blindfolded. And that and she correctly guesses what pizza is. Then they have to be handcuffed to each other while they look for the key in some big boss boxes. And so all, all this is going on. Rodney's talking about effortless and easy it is with Michelle. And I'm just like, oh, these two look like they're having such a good time. I love them. But yes, it comes to the defining date where one person, so they, the date card says one person has to run through the hotel naked while the other person has to yell into a megaphone, this is our journey. And Michelle is like, I have the megaphone. <laughs> so Rodney Michelle is, is like me, like playing Kaluki. I was like, I have the card. <laughs> so Michelle yells, this is our journey, while Rodney literally strips down and streaks through the hotel naked. And I knew this was Caitlin's, date, Caitlin's dare. 
because she was peeking over and she's like, he's actually doing it. I'm like, girl, he's doing it because you said so. So all the men and Caitlin and Tasha watch Rodney as he does this. And I'm like, as much as I want to be embarrassed for Rodney, it is just so entertaining. I loved it. Yeah, he didn't no. seem too bad. He didn't seem to feel any type of way about it either. Oh, I no. mean, not too badly. He was embarrassed. <laughs> his mama was going to beat his ass. I'm sure his mama beat his ass watching <laughs> that at home. My mama would beat my ass. So I get it. I get it. The, the rest of their date continue, goes on really well. And Michelle makes a comment about mm-hmm. Rodney moving on from the friend zone. And I think that's something that I've had an issue yeah. with. A lot of how they're portraying Rodney is friend zone. They're not putting him as bachelor yeah. material. They're not putting him mm-hmm. as romantic material, period, even with Michelle. They're portraying right. him mm-hmm. as a goofy sidekick dude, which I really dislike. And then there's a part where he's on this date where he's talking about how he's felt and how he uses humor to deflect, et cetera, et cetera. And it made me really upset at home because I was just like, but Rodney, you're attractive. Like, yeah. you may not be the man for me, but, like, you're attractive. You're an attractive guy. And you continuously boxing yourself in and putting yourself in that box of the friend zone is the part of the problem. Like, right. you're successful. You are attractive. You are not, like, Natrina Granaya face. Why for all of this? Like, why are you not just being your authentic self right. in these right. moments? Uglier men than you who have less money than you, get the baddest bitches. Don't get it. And and that's one thing for me. Don't put yourself down like that. Like even to Michelle, he's playing it off like a joke. But I was like, this is not a joke. This is obviously how you feel. Don't do that. I noticed that too. Like at the beginning of the date when he was saying like, I may not be the most good looking or the tallest guy in the room, but I'm still going to try my best or something. And I'm like, but Rodney, you're great. You're like, Rodney's really sweet. He is tall. He has some height on him. He's attractive. I, it was same as you. I honestly was not picking up friend zone vibes. I was just picking up two people having a great connection. It's only when he said friend zone and I was like, oh, maybe it is the friend zone. But I think Rodney is like so sweet. I definitely think he's bachelor material. I don't know if Michelle is going to choose him, but I love seeing him. He's great. And their connection, yes. I feel like their connection is so great too. Like they laugh a lot together, which is what they say on the, the date. Michelle's saying like she likes vulnerability and playfulness and she gets that with him. And I don't know. I feel like that should be confirmation for Rodney that he's not in the friend zone. He like he ne- really never was. He, he yeah. was just he's just a dating. Yeah, he, you have to like, especially in these situations, you have to make those moments. You have to mm-hmm. every second you spend with the lead counts for something. Mm-hmm. So even if you're just having fun together and being silly in that moment, that counts because yeah. when you really think about it. People are getting married to someone that they've known for bare, they've spent time with like barely 72 hours total. Like, if you're really keeping a buck, like mm-hmm. dedicated time. Like, mm-hmm. I think that making the most of those moments and just showing that he believes he is the man for her matters so much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Instead of saying he's the underdog. Cause like even on this date, Michelle said he, she doesn't see him as the underdog. I see him as a front runner. Like he's up there with Joe and Nate and Rick for me. I honestly feel like it's going to come like Rodney's going to make it pretty far, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Rodney's in my final six for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's up there for me. He's, he's going to hometowns. I think. 
I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens, but I think he's yeah. going to out. Because I think Michelle really likes him. So in their evening part of the date, they have a pretty in-depth conversation. Rodney tells her more about his background, about his dad leaving at six. His mom had to work three jobs to keep them afloat. So, and which I was kind of like, <laughs> you know, he had a white mom, which means his dad was the black dad who left the family which is always not great to talk about on this show but he kind of talks of talks about it a little bit michelle talks about her experience with her ex he about oh we definitely need to talk about this so michelle's ex no michelle was called the n-word by a woman at the grocery store and so when she told her ex she was really upset and when she told her ex her ex said she chose to be upset <laughs> And so she had to justify her emotions. And I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who is Michelle's ex? Because I need to know right now. And I need to talk to them. Because what the fuck? Like, how are you going to tell this black woman she chose to be upset at the N-word? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We just want to talk homeboy. Like, we just want to, we just want to have a brief we conversation. Just want, like, we just want to talk and bring in my crowbar just for kicks, okay? Just for, for shits and giggles. But I was like, wow, that's crazy. And white men be like that sometimes, which is sad. But it's like white people, I feel like white people equate racism to using the N-word. <laughs> so when it yep. actually happens yep. and they're not upset, it's like, what the fuck? What else do you need us to do? What else do you need to happen to know that somebody was racist? There's clear uh, evidence. Why are we the ones who are choosing to be upset? Anyway. Yeah, there's Rodney. levels of this. We'll, we'll go on, we'll go on. Rodney, Rodney gets yes. the rose, obviously. <laughs> uh-huh. So from the first date, the Top Gun date, Martin got the rose. The one-on-one, Rodney got the rose. And now we're mm-hmm. on to the spoken word date, where yeah. there's a super famous like spoken word poet, person. Mm-hmm. I don't really know the title Rudy, for that. Rudy Francisco. Rudy Francisco, yes. Who Chris so, uh, G is really excited about. Oh, and I absolutely believe he knew who he was. Listen, Chris G, a.k.a. Canadian Chris, is a spoken word person, right? So yeah. on this date, we have Jamie Leroy, Canadian Chris, Casey, Malik, Cajun Chris, Brandon, and Romeo. And just to put that all out there. So I guess I separated them by, mm-hmm. you know, their... Is, is, it an, is Cajun an ethnicity? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's from Louisiana, like, I, I guess. From, from place they're from. That's what she's separated. <laughs> Places they're from. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Anyway, so Canadian Chris is a motivational speaker slash spoken word person. So he is literally, when you see his face when Rudy Francisco pops up on that stage, he is like fangirling so hard. And I was into it. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so he knows his black poets. He knows his black spoken word peeps. Okay, all right. And so the challenge is for the guys to write a piece to mm-hmm. talk to Michelle, explain how mm-hmm. they feel about her, etc. So very similar to the Top Gun date, only with poetry as opposed to spinning in and zero G's. So my first one on this date is that Jamie's unhinged convo continues. It is a wild villain edit. Before <laughs> and during the date, everything. Full yes. stop. <laughs> yes. Jamie does not realize there are cameras on him. I swear to God. This man just doesn't understand. So the men try. Brandon tries. He brings Michelle on stage. Romeo does a play on his name to Shakespeare. Malik, I just wrote the words broken. I think he talks about 
being broken. I wish they, yeah. I wish I heard more about his. And then Jamie just tells a story about a girl in the woods and all the men are like, what the fuck? This was supposed to be something about you and then something personal. And he's just talking about this random girl in the woods getting lost. And it was like, okay, what was the point of that? Listen, um, I'm, I'm sitting at home wondering who this girl is. Why yes. is she lost? Why does, does she have she to do with help? Michelle? <laughs> like, what is going on? It was too much. It Jamie, was. I don't know what you were trying to say, Jamie, but it was not delivering the way that you thought no, it would. It it didn't. It was not mm. hidden. I think Jamie, with each with with more time, the more time that he spends on this show, he just gets cockier and cockier. And I think he just got to a point where he was so cocky, he was like, "I literally nothing I can do will harm me." And so he just goes up and just talks about whatever he says he lost his book but i'm like sure you did in the small room where everyone is sure we get to the evening part of the date oh no before that michelle has a poem so it's michelle's turn and she has a a spoken word poem about being the token black girl and being overlooked while dating and i heavily resonated with this because i lived in connecticut for four years and i felt exactly the way michelle felt it's being overlooked being in a room full of people where you look different and their eyes just don't even register your presence or they don't see you as somebody worth dating so i really liked that they let her go up and say something i love michelle and the more i hear from her the more i think none of these men deserve her they don't they really don't don't. They don't. So now we're at the evening part of the date. Brandon says he relates to Michelle's poem, but he says he was a late bloomer in a white, and he talks about being a late bloomer, and it's, that's not what she said, but yay for effort. And shout out to him for like even yeah. going there. He, try. he what, definitely tries. Whatever he did on this date worked because he also got the group mm-hmm. rose again. Yes. And so that's the second week in the row. So he's the only person ever to get two group rows zizz back to back. Am I saying mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, two yeah, yeah. group date, two roses. Group date roses. There yes. we go. <laughs> back to back. Yes, um, which is person, cool. Only yeah. person ever in franchise history. Bachelor, bachelorette, everything. Yeah, so she must be really feeling him, mm-hmm. which took me by surprise. Like, I didn't get it until I think the next episode is when I got it. I was like, oh. Okay, I get it. Like I said, shout out to her. It's really going well, but Jamie's mm-hmm. edit just gets even more bizarre. Worse. Like you see him talking to a producer and he's all mic'd up and he's talking about how Michelle's on like spring break mode and all sorts oh of stuff. Oh my God. It and was it's just not- It was bad. And it was because Brandon got the rose again. Like Jamie, like, if you go back and watch, Jamie completely thought he was going to get that rose. Like she was talking about all the qualities and the person that she was going to give the rose to. And his face, he was grinning. He was cheesing. He was like, oh my God, it's me. And then she said, Brandon and his face. And that's what caused him to complain because he's Brandon of all people. Like these men are a joke. He starts complaining about the men and says Michelle is in spring break mode. And he's like, you're going to act like you're on spring break mode with your husband in the room? And my answer to that is absolutely. <laughs> yep, because my husband knows me. Exactly. My husband needs to know how I get down. So yes, I'm going to kiss every man in the room, my husband included. Yep. So, yeah, yep. So. That's what that is. But mm-hmm. we definitely see the villain edit coming out a lot more. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now we're on the cocktail party before the rose ceremony mm-hmm. because of course like i said brandon got that group date rose jamie's unhinged and <laughs> during the cocktail party where michelle's talking to the guys and all that stuff 
we see Rick taking the moment to tell Michelle, listen, no one in the mm-hmm. house is questioning your character. Like we love and support you pretty much. Like where's yeah. it coming from? Mm-hmm. And Michelle's like, well, Jamie is the one who mm-hmm. said that shit. And I heard, but Rick is like immediately Rick run tell that. Rick named Telegram Rick because the first thing he can do is drop a line. I didn't tell everybody. Rick, yeah. So Rick tells Nate. Rick tells Nate and Casey. First of all, can we talk Michelle? Michelle's dress was, woo! It was amazing. It was this gold sequin number with like straps on the back, and it was like a low back. The men could not keep their eyes off of her. The men they were floored when she walked down. I was like, yeah, that dress is everything. So yeah, but yeah, when Rick tells her and she's. I'm starting to see some red flags. It's like everybody in the house is slowly turning on Jamie. So Rick, Nate, and Casey are now talking about this new information. And Nate, we can't talk about Jamie behind his back. Let's get him over here so we can talk to him about it. To which Jamie, <laughs> Jamie can be a politician. Because the way he was dodging and deflecting these questions, I was like, sir, can we get an answer from you? Please, Jamie's. Yeah, listen. I don't. I think you forgot. Jamie's a Scorpio. Okay, he is. Jamie's he, a Scorpio he, man, just like White Brennan. They're both Scorpios, and so this is literally all they prepared for their entire lives. Oh, Brendan from Paradise. Yes, yes. He is also a Scorpio, conniving Scorpio. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your men folk, Jen. Listen, I don't. Like them. <laughs> I don't know them. I'm a Scorpio woman. There's is a difference. <laughs> I don't know them. So Jamie, you know, starts talking about episodes and the audience and like how it's going to appear and has no regard to Michelle's feelings whatsoever. He's, oh, the people in the house were speculating and the speculation was just out there and it just became this thing of its own, this person of its own own because people were talking about it so i went to michelle because i wanted to address the speculation that was just hanging in the air that no one said in particular except for me it was just like dude shut up shut the fuck up (laughs) there's a certain point where they're just the guys are just what the fuck are you even saying right now right and jamie's just like stumbling over his words because he also has no idea what the fuck he's saying but (laughs) at the end of the day jamie decides that while michelle is with the group he's gonna call out the conversation conversation that they had and michelle was like all right cool i wasn't gonna do this in front of everybody but we have different recollections let's see when i go talk and she sends them home like that's really all that matters she sends them mm-hmm. home after that point mm-hmm. and it's cool there is a weight lifted but also yeah. It was, and this is where I was, I love Michelle, but she was like really patient with him because she broke it down and explained to him like he was five, what he did and why it hurt her. And I was like, girl, he did not deserve, he did not deserve your breath. (laughs) He should have just set him out. (laughs) But she broke it down for him and she's, you just got to go. You broke my trust and you got to go. You're the one who brought it up and you told me other people brought it up. And then she just sent him home. And I was like, yeah. I get it. And then she said, I'm looking for my soulmate. I have built myself up for my soulmate. And that's not someone who's so quick to tear it down. And I was like, yes, girl. Yes. (laughs) I'm going through a breakup. So I have you relate. 
Listen, tell him that. Mm -hmm. But this is pretty much the end of the cocktail party. We go right Mm -hmm. pretty much to the rose ceremony. She cancels the rest of the cocktail party, so Mm -hmm. nobody else gets a chance to talk to her. But a lot of people did get a chance to talk to her in advance, so it's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So my one comment on this part is, did Michelle ever find out what happened between Peter and Will with the jacket? Because, I don't know, we haven't seen that conversation come up at all. No, I don't know. I don't know if Will told her. It it looks like maybe nobody told her. I don't know. That's a really good question. We might tweet her and ask her because <laughs> I, I really want to know if she knew or not. But then, so they move into the rose ceremony and she talks a little bit about trust and how it's important. Makes or breaks a relationship. Gives the men the warning. Don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with my trust. Don't fuck it up in general. So she's given out roses and the last rose is between Malik will peter spencer and lt and will gets the rose surprisingly so peter's going home it looks like without even like addressing the jacket incident at all michelle's like i've had enough yeah Time for me to go. <laughs> that's really what it looks like so he goes mm-hmm. home um malik going home is like sad but of course totally fine yeah. jamie like going home like i said jamie and peter going home make perfect sense i think spencer mm-hmm. is the one i was most sad about going home this week yeah we did we barely got to know him or see him or anything so i was really disappointed that he left too and then LT left, who before his name was LT in my notes, it was random white guy. So <laughs> that tells you how I feel. Wait, LT left on episode three? Really? Wow. I totally forgot about him. But yeah, that makes sense. Yes, I forgot about him. Okay, so that's episode three. We did it. We were, we did the first episode. You want to do Sweet and Sours real quick, and then we'll go into the next one. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so okay. I'll ask you first, what is your sweet moment? My sweet moment, I'm going to say my sweet moment was Michelle and Rodney doing the dares. It was funny, but it was also, I, I think their dynamic in general is just really sweet. I love them together. And I wish there was a world in which they ended up together. Like I really do. I love Rodney. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So luckily for you, we had the same sweet moment, Michelle and Rodney. Yay! They're doing really well. I like their mm-hmm. connection. I love how playful they're able to be together and how she's able to make fun of him for not knowing the difference between pizza and lasagna that's super important Mm -hmm. i like it so i think sweet's good what is your sour moment i'm gonna say my sour moment was what's his face peter throwing the jacket in the pool it was like dude that was totally uncalled for like why are you touching people's belongings that doesn't make any sense so that's my sour moment i'm glad he's gone (laughs) what's your sour moment jen so my sour moment is related but not the same thing so my sour moment is actually will fishing the jacket from the pool yeah as opposed to just peter throwing it in that's it but like will actually having to be the one to fish it out that's a sour moment for me yep and then jamie is just a blanket sour moment (laughs) i couldn't decide between jamie just like throwing bs out there and the jacket in the pool but people's property really means a lot to me so that's why i chose that but jamie they're just completely throwing bs out there that was a close second. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So now we got episode three out of the way. Let's get into episode four, which is another juicy episode. I must say I'm loving like each of these episodes. They're packing a lot in them and we're getting rose ceremonies, which is like the perfect balance for me. That every episode ends with a rose ceremony so far. So we start episode four, Michelle and Caitlin. Wait, is that the same thing? 
started off the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they started off talking. Yeah. Oh, yeah, talking about the character being called into question last week. So, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. We've addressed that enough. <laughs> yeah, we don't. And so the first thing we see now is that people are glad that Jamie is gone and there's yeah. a date card in the house. And yeah. that's when we find out that Martin is getting the first one-on-one mm-hmm. this week because there's two one-on-ones and one group date. Yes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So they, so Martin and Michelle go on this, like, drifting slash racing date. Just they're just playing around in cars. It looks like they're playing around in BMWs. It looks like a lot of fun, to be honest. So they spin in donuts. Martin's not the best. They race and Michelle wins. And it's very cute. I really like this date. It just looks adventurous and exciting. And then afterwards, they chill in what you call, like, a cowboy tub, which is just this big, tin tub with cold water <laughs> but they I have champagne yeah they did they did and <laughs> they here's the weird part right it seems to me in the conversation that martin brought up jamie but someone said they think that michelle brought up jamie like what do you remember it as it it wasn't michelle didn't necessarily bring up jamie but she brought up she, martin oh sorry, it's okay so what happened was Martin asked her, how is the process going and everything? And then she's obviously coming off of just letting, you know, telling Jamie he had to go home, not even in a rose ceremony. So she's telling him like, like, it's difficult when people break your trust. Like it's difficult trying to trust people when, and putting yourself out there when people are like breaking your trust. And so then Martin brings up Jamie and he's like, oh, Jamie's a good guy. And I'm like, sir please stop. <laughs> like, just <laughs> don't. But he's legit just like sticking up for Jamie. He's, I'm not taking his side. And then he takes his side. And so now Michelle's put in a position where she basically has to, to defend her decision, which I hate. And she's telling Martin, she's, uh, I need someone who's going to trust my decisions. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still have my opinion. I was like, all right, it's a wrap. Send him home, girl. I genuinely thought Martin was going home in this moment. Me But flip the script and start talking about his own family situation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well. later on the dinner date, they get to. So later on the dinner date, he doubles down. He doubles down a little bit. But Michelle's like, no, I really need you to not question my decision. And then he gets, he gets into talking about his parents and his family dynamic. Uh, I don't really remember too much <laughs> from that. I just remember that he said that he doesn't cry. And he doesn't express himself emotionally and that he thinks crying is like a bad example. Me and this man have nothing in common. (laughs) There's a lot of weird shit around that. I feel like he thought that he was losing and he started trauma dumping on Michelle, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I just... Yeah, I was like, he was saying all of this and I was like, red flag, red flag, red flag. But then Michelle, she leans into it and she talks about she couldn't express herself when she was younger and she worked on it. So they agree they're working on it. And then he gets a rose. And I was like, that's yeah. why I was like, I'm surprised. I was really surprised he got a rose. The most surprising rose of the season so far. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the date goes well enough, I guess. He gets the rose. And now we're on to the second date, which is a group date. It also involves Chris walking into the room in the first part of the episode and sitting in a chair and falling backwards. Oh, that was him. I was was wondering who that was. That was was Cajun Chris. That was hilarious, by the way. Anyway, so we're at that group date. So it has Will, Cajun Chris, Casey, Canadian Chris, Leroy, Rodney, Brandon, Clayton, Joe, Nate, Olu, and Romeo. And for this particular date, they get a bag with stuff in it, which are just pajamas because we're having a pajama party. 
as a group date. This is so I thought it was so cute. I thought it was a I thought it was a really cute idea. Did you see Leroy's PJs? I was like, that's pajamas? Yes, <laughs> yes. I want Leroy's PJs for myself. Me too. That little Me sexy too. silk situation. I well, want it. Two set? Yes. Hell yes. With flowers on it? Hell yes. Sign me up. Let us know where you, well, let us know the deets, Leroy, if you can. They have this little slumber party date, but what seems to be happening is the men are more interested in the playroom than Michelle. And to be fair, the playroom is fucking dope, okay? There's a cotton candy machine, there's a little spa area, there's snacks, there's teddy bears. So the men are going ham. (laughs) They're into it. And it's cute, but then it's, okay, who are y'all here for? Are you here to hang out with each other or are you here to talk to the bachelorette? Yeah, Michelle's kind of just like on the edges by herself, just like, all right, like, why is nobody trying to create a moment with me? Yeah. And I think that part of it is that I was talking to someone about this and they mentioned that maybe the producers were involved because you did see a couple of the guys at a certain period of time talking about wanting to discuss things with her and they were waiting on their turn. And I feel like production got in the way of that a lot, where it was kind of like, you know, like you're told when it's your turn to talk to Michelle sometimes. And they just mm-hmm. held all the guys yeah. back as much as they could. Exactly. Until they could, like, fine, I guess we can let you in now. <laughs> exactly. And speaking from someone who used to work in the sports world where athletes were involved, you definitely, I feel like it's probably the same thing because like in the sports world you get that brief where you don't talk to the players unless they talk to you you don't interact with them because it's their place of business they don't want people coming up to them like harassing them at work they have that rule there in place to protect the players and so I feel I can see where they might have a similar rule like that when the men are in a room with Michelle together they might have a rule where it's don't talk to her unless she talks to you don't pull her unless it's like a cocktail party or something like that so I can see and I can see how that could have been happening and then the men also talk about wanting to talk to her too it's not like they didn't want to talk to her some of them were just like they're like trying to politely do it. They're like, are you talking to her next? All right. I definitely want to pull her when I can. It's kind of thing. I remember Leroy was saying something like that, but Michelle, she's there like, I'm available. And the men are like, all right, like we're just gonna stick to the rules. And I feel like they probably did that on purpose <laughs> to see what Michelle would do. So the men are doing dumb men shit. They're playing punching games. Like they're punching each other in the stomach, which is dumb to me i'm like if you're here trying to date someone maybe do a game where that someone can be included (laughs) but they exclude her from the game then caitlin and taisha pop up and they announce a contest and michelle at this point is obviously looking upset so they check in with her and she's i don't really want to talk about it but they play this game where it's another like beating each other up game it's just with teddy bears instead so they're beating each other up and i'm just like okay i at this point i'm kind of bored because this is literally the same challenge that they had last week it's just it's teddy yeah <laughs> yeah now now we're just beating each other with build bears it's totally fine it, it works out okay it works out in our favor but the matchups are very interesting so they're split into two different teams the bella twins of course are helping with that so we have I'm going to read the matchup in terms of who 
was in it, but the winner is going to be the second person I mentioned because I don't remember who was on exactly what team because I'm bad at remembering things. Record. <laughs> yeah, I was so, just like, they fought. <laughs> yeah. So I have Rodney versus Leroy. Leroy won. Uh, Nate versus Will. Will whooped his ass. Um, Cajun Chris versus Casey. Casey beat him. Uh, Joe versus Clayton. Clayton brought out that same demon he brought out last week and whooped his butt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Romeo versus canadian chris very surprising that canadian chris won that shit and then brandon versus olu where olu dominated brandon did not stand a chance chance. it was not happening for him it was not happening for him and so i guess the prize is that the winning team the people who won the most on that particular team get to spend the time with her and everyone else goes back to the hotel so that's what ends up occurring and while the winning team is on that date, just so you guys know, Cajun Chris is not on the winning team. Not on the winning team. While the winning team is on that date, Michelle lets them know about how she felt about the situation and where she felt ignored and not being cared for in this situation. And she decides to pull Nate first. And pulling Nate first, mm-hmm. she tells him, like, yeah, I expected more from you mm-hmm. because you and I have this connection and I feel like we are so close together. Then, you know, like, why don't you put yourself out more on group dates, which is something that we've noticed. When Nate's on a group yeah. date, he's just chilling. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not mm-hmm. really trying to create that time with her. And she expresses to him that, hey, this is a problem for me because I need you to want to be here with me. And if you don't, then cut it. Get out of here. So I appreciated her pulling Nate specifically and being like, I have strong feelings for you. You're not meeting my expectations. What the fuck are we yeah. going to do about this? That was definitely a boss B moment <laughs> right there. Because she was, I love how she like set the record straight with all the men. And she was like, y'all need to step it up. I, cause, and it's, it, this goes with her poem last episode. And like, she was talked about being like left behind and forgotten and just kind of, what did she say? She has these feelings about being just like the other person in the room. And so for them to completely ignore her on the date like that kind of just like reinforces that feeling. So I totally get her. I totally get why she felt especially distraught because this is a theme. This is not just like this one moment. This is a theme in her life. So it just it's easy for her to go back to that place. And so I feel like she just really needs the men to reassure her. So and I really appreciated her just telling them straight up like they need to act like they want to be around her because otherwise why are they here so then nate says nate kind of like responds he says like, there's no excuse blah 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 blah. he gives his little generic blah, 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 blah. but true like i agree with you jen like lately he's been slacking i love his confidence i love i feel like he just thinks that he has this in the bag at the end of this it's gonna be him and her like they have this connection that is undeniable even over camera but even if you still gotta put in some effort you still gotta work yes. <laughs> listen you gotta work for it and we mentioned this, I think last time we recorded that she's always leaning in to kiss these guys like she's always the one leaning all the way in yeah, to get these yeah. kisses from these men and I don't like that I don't like that and I, I do think that Nate thinks he has a very strong connection with her but I don't think he thinks he has it in the bag I think he thinks that their connection is so strong that he just has to work at the cocktail parties 
as opposed to like really trying to make moments otherwise, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's, he feels, it's, he's confident enough that he can just lean back without trying too hard, but nah, boo, you gotta try. <laughs> get, get you gotta work, bitch. That's how it <laughs> exactly. is. Exactly, exactly. So Ola really feels it, him having four sisters. And so he talks to her about, you know, how he knows like how his sisters feel because his sisters feel like that a lot. And he's just, has to be there for them when that happens but he really does feel for them and I felt for him too I was like oh I really liked Olu I think he, he was definitely a standout this episode like we didn't really get to know him much before this episode and then so once the spotlight was on him it was like oh my god I love him listen he's so great, Olu he's so was, great. after Michelle said what she said Olu started tearing up he was crying yes. in front of the men because yes. he was like she should never have to feel this way and I failed because she feels this way. And yeah. I really appreciate him being that vulnerable with her talking about his sisters and everything and how he never wants her to feel like that again. And that's why he got the mm-hmm. group arrows. That's why yeah. that happened because mm-hmm. he showed up and was mm-hmm. genuinely vulnerable with her. And he right. absolutely saw her in a moment yeah. where she felt absolutely unseen. And empathized. I feel like that is so important. I feel like the other men were like, oh, I'm sorry, I should have stepped it out and they apologized. But with Olu, I got that not only was he apologetic, but he was also empathetic in completely getting where she was coming from. So he totally deserved that, Rose. I don't know about the other men, but he deserved it. And then, so we go on to the next day, and I'm going to tell you right now, I have maybe five lines of notes for this next day because I was oh, not paying attention yeah. and I watched it twice. <laughs> I, I have a little jotty points. I was like, peaceful date with Rick, right yeah. up to mountains. Maybe there's hiking, wish box things. <laughs> yeah. So she and Rick have a one-on-one. I don't, I don't remember what the date card said. I guess it was a hike. Like, I'm looking back. I was scrubbing through and I'm like, I guess it was a hike. N- I, d- I don't think really it say. says what the card was. I don't think we no, got to see what the card I, was. I didn't say specifically. what, And they, they never said specifically what they were doing. It just looked like they were at a park. And then at this, I guess on this trail, there's this wish box. And before you make a wish, you have to read all the wishes from the box before you hike. And I was like, that seems impractical. Like, what if there was like 500 I, wishes? <laughs> I want to know which intern had to write all those wishes. Right? In different hand <laughs> to pretend like they and were all relevant. Or ABC intern had to do that. It was so obvious, especially because all the paper was the same. It was like, y'all just put those, wrote those wishes down and put them in there. I don't remember what all the wishes were. Oh, yeah. One of them was I wish to find my soulmate, which is, you know, generic ass wish. Another wish was... I wish I wish my dad could see the man that I'd become. Yeah. Yes. I, which I, was, you know, planted. I, I remember that just because Rick's dad... Rick told us that his dad died three years ago. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. prior to his dad's death, his dad was also terribly depressed. Yeah. So I feel like that was obviously that poor intern was, having to write that just for Rick's backstory. Yeah, it was definitely a plant because then he's forced to think about like his dad. So... Then they, I guess they hike for a little bit. They talk on this log for a little bit. I honestly don't remember what they said. But on the dinner date, Rick dives into his trauma a little bit more. He talks about how he found out his dad was cheating when he was 17. And so the family split up. And for a long time, he thought it was his fault. And then trigger warning, taking someone's life while suicide. His dad committed suicide and blamed Rick. on, and, Or at least Rick's saying he knows his dad still blamed him for 
his parents' marriage breaking up till the day he died. I mean, it's heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's not the yeah. only person that had that this season because Jamie's mom also yes. committed suicide. And then if we look at mm-hmm. last season with Katie's season, yeah. um, we had someone whose parent, whose mother specifically committed suicide that season as well. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. a lot of heavy moments there. And then I think the most important part to mention is that Rick discovered his dad was cheating and Rick told his mom about it. And mm-hmm. so the idea of blame is very one-to-one. It's very direct. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I hadn't told my mom, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I think a lot yeah. of people just, well, I found out and my mom thought that I knew, but didn't know. There are just levels to this stuff. And I think yeah. that Rick being able to say that I was the direct person to mm-hmm. tell my mother my father was cheating. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she and him separated days after I told her. Yeah, like that I mm-hmm. think is around Christmas. Too. Yeah, I think it was like on Christmas. Yeah, which is yeah. heavy stuff. Rick and Michelle seem to have a really great connection. He, as I said, he was smooth and doing exactly what she needs and talking about things in a meaningful way, in a way that she wants the guys to open up the same way she has. So shout out to Rick for sharing his story with yeah. us mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. And Michelle seemed to really appreciate that vulnerability as well and gave him a rose mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, I think she really likes him as much as I don't want her to like him. I think she really likes him. She called and... him her little lettuce wrap, okay? She called him her little oh lettuce wrap. Oh my God. I just, oh my God. And then on his day, he says something which I think is really smart. He says he's looking forward to the day that he can say he's falling in love with her. And I was like, that's smart. That's smart. It's one step mm-hmm. on the falling in love train. That's the first step. <laughs> Rick is a genius. He knows how to play mm-hmm. the game. That date wraps up. Then we're on to the rose ceremony where Michelle kind of comes down and Chris S decides he needs to be the white savior slash white knight slash the most mediocre man in the room and And he he speaks up for michelle first of all he talks over michelle yes when she is talking and decides that he's gonna pull her first and i just he didn't even he speaks up and then Brandon's, hey, Michelle, can I talk to you? And he's, I'm already talking to her. And I think Michelle's like, yeah, Brandon, you grab me, but I'm going to go talk to Chris first. And I was like, oh, why, Michelle, throw him away, <laughs> please. I don't know. If somebody talked over me like that and spoke for me, the only way I'm t- talking to them right after is if I'm sending them home. Because <laughs> I'm like, you don't. Just don't do that. Don't do that. I'm a grown ass woman with a whole ass mouth. (laughs) It was a whole lot. It was a whole lot. And I think the worst part is that he takes that time to air his insecurities about Nate out to Michelle. So he he tells Michelle this really offensive comment that Nate said, which was actually Nate just saying, it's not if I get a one-on-one, but when. Like That's literally all Nate said. So Michelle confronts Nate about that. And Michelle and Nate's look, like he feels this type of way about me. I don't really care. It is what it is. And I'm like, but like, I really wouldn't get upset with Nate about that. Cause to me, that's, he's just confident. Like he knows, like he knows, like at some point, He's going to speak with her one-on-one because they have a connection. And it's crazy It's crazy if they don't, right? But Chris yeah. S. is totally jealous. But let me put it to you this way. So Chris S. is absolutely jealous. He's doing to stoke the fire, right? But the reason why Michelle is upset with Nate is because this week is a weird week for them. 
Like she's already having to deal with the awkwardness of Nate not putting himself out there. So if you couple the fact that Nate has not showed up for her on these group dates and then Nate making a comment like, oh, I'm guaranteed a one-on-one. Like, it's fine. Like, we have a great connection. It's totally okay. It looks fucked up, right? Like, it looks fucked up. Even though we know that's not how Nate meant it, Nate is, I'm not worried about missing this one-on-one because when I get a one-on-one, it's going to be real. And I think he more meant it. I am confident in our relationship that if she feels the same way about me, I will get a one-on-one at some point. Yeah. Not that she absolutely does. But... Yeah having Chris say these things right after she had that conversation with Nate like a day or two before, I think that's what the real awkwardness is because Nate has not put himself out there. And then to hear he's making a comments like he's guaranteed a one-on-one with zero effort, it looks stupid. It looks goofy. It it does, but my thing is like Chris S. knew. I feel like Chris S. knew exactly what Nate meant. When no, he no, said no, it, no, no, no. And Chris I, knows. I'm just saying that Michelle's yeah. perception of it is going to be colored mm-hmm. based on the fact that yeah. they had earlier. <laughs> That's what makes Chris a bitch boy because he knew exactly how to spin it to make Michelle be concerned, especially after the week they had. I think like he saw an opportunity. He saw that she spoke to them or heard actually heard because he was not there, <laughs> but he heard that she spoke to them and he's. I'm just gonna tear whoever down that I can tear down. And that's what he did, honestly. But Michelle and Nate talk and they seem to smooth it over. It is a weird week for them. They definitely had more of a connection in the last episode than they did in this episode. It seemed a little more tense between them. But then Nate confronts Chris S about it. Chris S, by the way, is walking around telling people how she's so upset and just speaking for michelle to the entire house and i'm like dude can you shut the fuck up like seriously and then i'm um, so nate pulls chris to talk and then now all of a sudden chris went to Nis- michelle with this information because he was concerned but not all of a sudden to nate he's like she probed me what am i supposed to say like dude you all know there's cameras right yeah (laughs) everybody keeps forgetting there's a camera around them and a mic on them for anything they say and do because when nate and michelle spin that over nate pulls up and just taps him on the shoulder let's go talk you can tell nate's hot right away but nate deliberately puts himself in a position of submission when talking to chris because remember nate is six eight chris is like maybe like five six five seven like Chris is not tall. He's dude. short as hell. Yeah, he's short. He's so short Nate deliberately puts himself against the railing of the upstairs area. So Chris is in the quote unquote aggressor position over him, if we're being 100% honest. And as Nate is trying to talk to Chris and gesticulating the way that people talk with their hands, Chris is like, Are you going to hit me? Calm down, bro. Calm down, bro. And the microaggressions begin like immediately. I'm yep. like, it's mm-hmm. the racism for me. It absolutely is. Like, all Nate's just trying to like clear his name. And Chris, first of all, so Chris brought him up and then he's, oh, she probed me. And then he's, you worry about yourself. And Nate's, I'm trying to worry about myself, but you bringing my name up. And so I could understand why Nate is frustrated and he's expressing himself with his hands. And so for Chris, so what I have in my notes is that Chris S is a little bitch boy. That's what I have. He just seems just like this little boy who's just popping off in the mouth and cannot back up his chat whatsoever and then uh, to prove this he goes further to say that he's just trying to be on the white horse to save michelle from the castle 
And I'm like, dude, nobody asked nobody asked you to save her. Listen. Nobody asked you to save her. Nobody. My, my note is Chris is a dweeb. Because <laughs> yeah, that's what so after the confrontation, Nate just calls him a dweeb. And I'm like, you know what? That's a totally accurate description. <laughs> he is a deep dweeb. Romeo says, so the men are all, you know, up in arms. Romeo and some other men, they agree. Romeo says, the S in Chris S stands for snake. Because <laughs> that's what he is. All of that goes on. Michelle goes on to continue the cocktail party. And she has a cute moment with Joe where Joe brings her snacks. Because Joe remembered that snacks help her like get through drama and stuff and tense moments. And I always thought that was really cute. I'm like, yes, please bring me snacks anytime. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm super glad that went well. But uh, when we talk about roses and who got sent home, of course, Canadian Chris gets sent home. He doesn't really have much of an impact on this week's date. Uh, Will gets sent home, which for me would have made sense for him to get sent home last week with Peter, but not sure. We'll maintain. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. Romeo, my husband, also got sent home. I know. I was so surprised that Romeo got sent home. I thought he would be there for at least a co another couple of weeks, but I guess they just weren't really connecting like that, which I was really surprised by. The last rose goes to Chris S. So there is that. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, how, like, in what universe am I supposed to believe that Michelle is more into Chris S than Romeo? Because I'm not believing it. It's the production all. universe. The production universe. That's the universe. I don't, I'm not believing it at all. That was definitely a misstep on therapy. There's no way I'm giving a man a rose who spoke over me. Production, they gotta get their roses in, I guess. So, yeah, we had three guys going home, and then uh, that's it for the episode. Oh, and then after the rose ceremony, Michelle says she has big news. She's heading back to Minneapolis and they're going with her. So next episode, they will all be in Min Minneapolis, Minnesota, Michelle's hometown. Minnesota. Minnesota. Yes. Minnesota. No, it's not Minnesota. Nobody in Minnesota is in Minnesota. What are you even trying to say right now? It's Minnesota. Minnesota. I pronounce all my T's, okay? I say Atlanta. So, no, no. Nobody says Atlanta either. What is wrong with you? I say, I say Atlanta, and I but, lived there for five years. Th that's how we know you're not native, because you know better. You know better than that. <laughs> I pronounce all my T's, okay? I'm from the Caribbean. <laughs> sure, sure. Whatever we say. Anyway, the guys are going to Minnesota with Michelle, <laughs> and it's going to be great. Uh, we see that Nate definitely gets some one-on-one -on -one time next week. We see a bunch mm -hmm. of one. We see a bunch of crazy moments next week, yeah. which is it's going to be a lot. That uh, means it's, it's probably going to extend mm -hmm. over into the following week with the drama. I think so. I think next week we're probably not seeing a rose ceremony. But it looks like from what I saw, it looks like Joe and maybe Nate also got one-on-ones. I don't know. It looks like they got some alone time. And then there's some drama with somebody bringing people down and it's framed to be Nate. So yeah, there's some stuff. We'll see. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. You know uh, what? Let me bring up Batch Nation news real quick, just for this moment. So the Bella twins were on clickbait and they were talking about how some of the guys were treating Nate on the date. How they treated really? Nate badly on the date. And I was wow. like, that's wow. interesting. So interesting it means that everybody that else in the house has realized that nate is a front runner which is yeah but he'd been a front runner since day one so i guess they're just realizing it but yeah okay so that's gonna be interesting i like watching the preview 
I thought they were doing that thing where they frame it to be somebody, but it's actually somebody else. But this will definitely be interesting to see if it actually yes. is somebody else or not. Yes. Okay. So what is your sweet and sour for episode four? What's your sweet moment? Sweet and sour. Um, I'm going to say my sweet moment is something. Okay. It's my sweet moment. It's Olu. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I had to struggle for a sweet moment there. My sweet moment is Olu's like opening up and being vulnerable and completely being able to empathize with what Michelle was saying. So love you, Olu. You're great. Keep being a great human being. What is your sweet moment? My sweet moment might make me seem like a hater, but I digress. My sweet moment is Romeo getting voted off this season because it means he's single for me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. It's also Olu, okay? But like also low-key. It is Romeo. It is Romeo getting voted off. That's the sweet moment. (laughs) Thanks for sharing, Jen. It's my It's Sweet Me moment. Oh, yeah. We need to do those too. Okay, what? Okay, sour moments. I'm going to say my sour moment was Chris S. But for me, it was between Chris S. and the men not stepping up for Michelle. But I'm going to give the cut the men some slack and say it's chris s because what the fuck chris s chris snake what was that <laughs> what was that i agree the cajun snake was on something i was not on that same the shit. cajun snake i love it so, going in the, description. <laughs> <laughs> the cajun snake also a sour moment for me for sure for sure and so now we got to do sweet me moments maybe i'll do sweet me moments over the last two episodes i don't know what's what really what sweet me was between the last two episodes was Peter going home <laughs> and Jamie going home. That's sweet me for real, for real. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Those two because they were so confident that they were gonna they stay were. forever. <laughs> like that, they, that did sweet me for true. <laughs> they forgot what show they were on. They <laughs> went ahead and was like, "I got this in the bag," and they got left on the curb. So, bye. <laughs> And that wraps yeah. up our episode coverage. Yeah. Yes, that's our recaps. It's looking good. Mm-hmm. We managed to get both episodes talked about in an, just under an hour and a half. And now we have to yes. talk about everything else. Yes. Now we have to talk about Bachelor Nation news. I have not been paying attention to Bachelor Nation news. So Jen, lay it on us. What is the Bachelor Nation news? <laughs> that's so funny. Okay, so... The New York Marathon was the weekend that just passed. And so both Zach and Tasha were running. Of course, Zach running for release. Tasha was running with him. And then we also had Matt James and Tyler Cameron running in the marathon for Matt James's foundation in honor of his mother. We also had Dr. Oh. Joe running in the marathon. So the marathon was like pretty a hot spot to see some batch alum this past weekend. So that happened for sure. We've been going to the Black Batch Babes Kicking It Rooms, where they have some contestants from the franchise. We had Andrew S. in one of the rooms a couple of days ago. That was very fun. Very interesting. Oh, I did I did not tune into that one, but we never got to talk about the Trey one, and that one was hilarious. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Trey was also really funny. So I think that if you guys... Do not follow Black Batch Babes. You absolutely should because they have some really fun times in those kicking it rooms with some black men who are in the franchise. And they definitely leave the stage free for black voices to ask those black men questions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I love that. Um, me too. Gotta love them. They're great. They host great rooms. If you're not on Clubhouse, 
go sign up go join their club it's really fun <laughs> and they do post episode recaps too so if you're looking for people who talk about the episode right after the episode aired you gotta go to black bachelor babes so that's yes <laughs> yes let's see what else happened in batch news did we talk about the breakup between little miss whatever and her man did that happen before or after we recorded i don't even remember oh yeah yeah, yeah. we talked about that i laughed about it <laughs> we, we, we did mention that okay listen because you we never did. know you never freaking know my my memory mm-hmm. is not good let's see what <laughs> else happened there was that rumor about claire and dale did i talk about that oh my god don't tell me they're getting back together. No, no, no. Someone <laughs> thought they saw them on a flight, but I don't think it was really them. Right? Oh my. So there's that. And then the confirmation slash rumor that there'll be two Bachelor seasons instead of just one. I think I mentioned that last time as well. Oh, yeah. We never. No, I don't think we I don't think we Did talked we? about that. No. Oh, then there's a rumor that they're going to keep the Bachelorette in the current slot, which is in October. And that they are going to have two Bachelor seasons in a year now. Yeah. Which The Bachelor is the worst show, so I don't get why they would do that, but okay. I don't either, but I guess The Bachelor gets more ratings. But the thing is, they're throwing around all these names for the second Bachelor. And there's a rumor going around that it could be Michael A., to which I'm like, it could also be Blake. That's another rumor I heard. Yeah, and the other rumor is Blake, which I'm not interested in seeing like remotely. That would make his third Bachelor Nation show, and I'm just like, no. So hopefully it's not Blake. Hopefully it's not either of them. There's so many great men of color on Michelle's season. I was really hoping the second Bachelor would be a man of color. Can you imagine if Rodney was the Bachelor or Oh, oh yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Or if Leroy was a bachelor, I'm signing up. I'm telling you. <laughs> listen, listen. Okay, I get you. I get you. I understand. And then th- there's just so much like happening. I don't. Did we mention the fact that King Clown got engaged? Oh yeah, we did. We did. We talked okay, about good. that. Okay, good. Briefly. Like I said, some things have happened and I'm like, everything is just all one big jumble at this point. Who the fuck? I know. I'm right now I'm (laughs) scrolling through stuff trying to see. Did is there anything we missed talking about? But I'm pretty sure if there was something really big that we had to talk about. Oh, spoken about it. <laughs> something that just happened like a couple hours ago, actually. Um, like a not like mm-hmm. a teaser, but like a little graphic for Clayton's TV series thing on Netflix just popped up a couple hours ago. So his little whatever he did, he was doing for them. It's now like it's they're they're promoting it vaguely. So there's no release date as yet, but I guess people are going to pretend to care about Colton, even yeah. though it's not that interesting to me. Yeah, it's just not. It's just, I saw that too. And I was like, yeah, I'm not watching this. <laughs> I, I, I was never know. going to. So it's fine not, for me. <laughs> not interested at all. And then, yeah, that was it. There was this other rumor that I saw, but I will talk about it with you because it's not from a reputable source. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> we not mention that yet. But, what I do want to talk about is not a rumor. But it is about how the this is the first time we've seen a dark skinned man on the franchise getting a lot of screen time, and it was Olu, right? Like, right? It's wild. Somebody on Twitter pointed out that no dark skinned men have gotten a one on one so far, and I was like, oh my god, what the fuck? Like, all of the dates have gone to light skin or white men. All the one on ones. 
we've gone to light skin or white men. Like this last episode, both of the one-on-ones went to white men. And I'm just like, why? Yeah. Hi. If we're being honest, even the group date roses, like all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think Olu was the first dark skin man to get a group date rose. Maybe. In this season. I don't know about oh, that. Oh no. I'm, I mean, across the past like three or four seasons. I think he's the only one. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah, the dark skin woman on Matt's season did not last that long. They weren't present in Katie's season. <laughs> Barely present on Bachelor in Paradise. And then there's no group date roses there. It's like we're, we're begging them for representation, but there's still that aspect of colorism that comes with that. And it has to be the next thing to battle against. Because it's like your skin color shouldn't dictate how much screen time you get. Period. But we all know better. Yeah, yeah. And this is the bachelor world. Like, it took 25 years to get a black bachelor. And he had a white mom. Progress comes in small waves, I guess. But we'll see. I suppose. And then the other thing that's popping up is the fact that people are talking about this season B is boring. And that Michelle is boring. And I just want to say that I'm sorry that you guys can't be happy for someone who is a mature, evolved adult and their journey to find love. I am so sorry that all you can imagine is mess and desperation and big publicity grabs and consider that to be a version of love. I'm so sorry for you. And toxicity. And my thing is, this season has been really good. I'm not going to lie. You can't look at this season and say it's boring. There have been things happening. The whole thing with Jamie, (laughs) Jacket Gate, Peter being a narcissist, Chris S being this white savior. Who else? That first guy, the very first day, the guy with all the notes. Like I can list all these things off the top of my head that I have been endlessly entertained by on this season. And there are people out there saying it's boring or that Michelle's boring. One person in particular posted a TikTok about how Michelle's boring. And I had a couple of words to say. And now all of a sudden your girl may or may not be blocked. Well, we move defi- on. They're definitely blocked. And there's also <laughs> know, several other people who are blocked as well. Yes. This couple of us caught a few strays by defending Michelle. It's just another day in Bachelor Nation. I honestly feel like for people saying they're bored, they're the type of people who check out when people of color come on screen. Because I feel like if you're used to watching this show, you're used to checking out when people of color come on screen because you're used to them not having any significant say or a place in the franchise. But on Michelle's season, you can't just check out when people of color come on screen because there's a lot. You have to pay attention. You can't complain about the season being boring and you're not paying attention because the season is not boring by any means. You know how much it takes for us to be entertained by this show after watching nonstop for six months in a row? It's taking a lot for me to want to watch The Bachelorette and anything in the Bachelor franchise at this point, but I'm still doing it because I want to. I want to. It's entertaining. I want to see what's going to happen. I definitely want to see what's going to happen next week. So if you're bored, maybe examine why. Maybe it's it's you. It's the reason. (laughs) Just like maybe it's that. It's the racism and it's the colorism. And somebody was complaining that Michelle was soft spoken. And my thing is okay, but if she was loud, you would say she was ghetto. So what is going on? She can't be soft-spoken. She can't be the loud, angry Black woman either. Just get over it. Black women can be soft-spoken. It is possible. 
It is definitely possible just because she's not sassy and snapping her fingers and being like, yes, queen and sis and yelling at men does not mean that she's boring. Okay. Listen to when Michelle talks. Okay. It's not boring. I promise you it is not boring at all. (laughs) And that's my spiel. (laughs) That don't know, but you're right. You're absolutely right. These people are, they are used to a certain thing. And they refuse to accept that not everyone can be the thing, putting it nicely. They're used to white women and they can't accept anyone who is not white to be able to act a certain way. Because like you said, the second that she, if she had acted like Katie acted last season with Thomas or acted like how Claire acted like that one episode before, like they would have cast her as an angry black woman and the rating would have tanked and they would have hated her. Absolutely. They would have paid they would have painted her of this as this woman having a meltdown and not empowered her like they did with all the other white women. So when y'all say things like that, just please watch what you're saying. Because black women can't show up the same way white women can in this world, especially in Bachelor Nation. So just be mindful of that, please. Yeah, yeah. No. I think that's all I have for this week. Do you have anything else that you can think of that you want to talk about? Nope. I think that's it for me. Just looking forward to next week's episode when they go to Minneapolis. And that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're in Minnesota. Minnesota? <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. I cannot. I just, I have to pronounce the T. My tongue won't let me do it. Minnesota. Minnesota. You're, You're close. You're close. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. But yeah, there's nothing else that I have to add. So until next time, I'm Jen. She's Lex. And we are the Black Lorettes. Have a great night, y'all. Bye, y'all.